At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from TPAC's Polk Theater in Nashville, Tennessee, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Golden. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. It's so nice to be here, and you know, we, we usually perform in Brooklyn. We live in New York, but Nashville is getting trendy in Brooklyn. It's true. We now have places that sell hot chicken, but in Brooklyn it's called Bikram Chicken. We have two amazing guests, country music stars Trace Adkins and Carlene Carter. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Trace Adkins summed up a lot of my life with his hit, I left something turned on at home. Uh, Yeah, for me, it's the stove. For him, it's a woman. (laughs) Which must be great, because then he can call that woman and get her to check if he left the stove on. It'd be amazing to have that. And Carlene Carter is here. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to her. We can relate about the fact that we both have famous families. Hers, obviously, for music. Mine, for passive aggression. <laughs> so Nashville is also known as the bachelorette party capital, huh? <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> A lot of guys booing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I will tell you. I also have been to some bachelorettes where they have male strippers. Uh, but... You know, it's not the same, I imagine. It's not the same. I don't think women get out of that the same way that guys enjoy it. You know, because the problem with male strippers is um, they like that job. (laughs) They're into it. They're very confident. There's nothing worse than a stripper who's into it. Like, if I want to see a male stripper, I want to see a guy that's broken down. I want to see vulnerability. I want to see shame. During his dance, I want him to, like, cry a little and then apologize. He takes off his clothes. He folds them up nicely on the stage. I'd get a lap dance. It would just be him saying things to me like, I could never deserve a girl like you. And I think women are really funny. (laughs) And I'd tip him extra because I want him to make his way through chef school. You know? It's a dream. It's a dream. All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first two contestants will play a game that mixes well-known trios and foods. I call it menage a twaffle. (laughs) Let's meet them. First up, Krista Cruikshank. You're an environmental engineer and a recent world pun championship competitor. That is correct. What's one of your proudest puns? Uh, We have this uh, joke... uh 185 blanks walk into a bar. So it was 185 horses walk into a bar, and the bartender said, no, we don't want any bridal parties here. (laughs) Nice. Yep. It's pretty good. That's solid. That is a totally solid one. (laughs) Krista, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Elizabeth Harrell. You're a middle school music teacher, and you're learning to tap dance. How is that going? It's going very well. It's fun, right? Yes. I'm in a class with uh, 13 to 18-year-olds. I am twice their age. Yes. Why didn't you take an adult class? I'm quote-unquote auditing the class. I see. I see. Uh, and do you feel like, you know, you keep up? It's pretty, you're learning the I, steps? I'd say so. I will, at the beginning, I noticed their balance was a lot better than mine. Well, they're not <laughs> drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elizabeth, when you ring in, we'll hear this. 
Krista and Elizabeth, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Our first game is inspired by a classic Southern meal with Nashville roots, meat and three. That's a protein with three side dishes. Yeah, I'll clap for meat and three. Fantastic, of course. But in our meat and three, we're mashing up foods with famous trios. For example, if I said, nobody wants to eat lunch with the band that recorded all the small things because they ordered stinky canned fish and cheese sandwiches, you would answer... Blink 180 tuna melt. And here we go. These fairy tale swine siblings thought the big bad wolf was trouble, but they didn't experience true suffering until they were turned into mini hot dogs wrapped in dough and baked to a crisp. Krista. Three little pigs in a blanket? Yes, indeed. Before there was Hanson, there was this trio of brothers, known for performing Stayin' Alive, Night Fever, and an ode to a sprayable, spreadable dairy product in an aerosol can. Elizabeth. B-G-Z-I-T. Okay, wait, easy cheese. B-G-Z cheese. Yeah, you okay. got it. Okay. <laughs> that was the very definition of grit right there. She <laughs> yeah. just kept going. Exactly. In this dark comedy, Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, and Diane Keaton vow to get revenge on their ex-husbands by slathering them with mayo, adding bacon and turkey, and cutting them into quarters. Elizabeth. The first wives' club sandwich. Exactly. This is your last clue. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue on these three ships in search of a green vegetable to make his pee smell weird. Krista. Uh, the Pinto sa, Santa Maria asparagus. Um, so, let's see. Uh, the, yeah, no. I, okay, I, I have to go to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, do you know the answer? The Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria asparagus. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> All right, close game, but Elizabeth is in the lead. Our next game is called Speeches and Songs. We'll play you an audio mashup of a famous speech and a popular song. Identify the speaker and the musical artist. Each is worth one point, and your opponent can steal any points that you don't get. Okay, here's your first clip. If there is one message that echoes forth from this conference, let it be that human rights are women's rights and women's rights are human rights. Krista. Okay, so um, Beastie Boys is the um, musical part of it. Yeah. Um, And the uh, speaker, was that Elizabeth Warren? No, sorry, that is incorrect. Hmm. But Beastie Boys is correct. Elizabeth, can you take the other point? I'm going to say Hillary Clinton. Yeah, you're going to say correct, yeah. Okay, this one starts with a 2011 commencement speech. Do not lean back, lean in. Lean on me when you're not Elizabeth. Uh, the song is Lean On Me. Okay, well. but we need... <laughs> is, it, is it Bill Withers? Yes. Okay, Bill Withers. Yep. And I, uh, I do not know the speaker. You do not know the speaker? Okay. Well, Bill Withers is worth one point. Krista, can you steal? Um, Sarah Palin. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Lean In is her book and that was Cheryl Sandberg Alright, this mashup begins with a 1976 keynote address by a U.S. House representative from Texas More is required of public officials than slogans and handshakes and press releases More is required 
Is there something else you're searching for? Elizabeth excited about half of this clue. <laughs> How did you know, Ophira? Because <laughs> you danced. <laughs> the second half would be Bradley Cooper. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> How about the first half? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Krista, can you identify the person giving the speech in the first half of what we're looking for here? Sure. Um, Ross Perot? Um, good guess. That was actually Barbara Jordan. <laughs> oh, I knew it wasn't Ann Richards. That's all I knew. <laughs> all right, this is your last clue. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Elizabeth. Okay, this happened, I think, the year I was born, so... I... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everyone. Why do people always feel the need to point out what year they were born? I'm going to say ahead of time, no points will be awarded. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Minus points. Oh, was it Ronald Reagan? I'm going with Ronald Reagan. And then I already, I was trying so hard to concentrate on getting the speaker right. I wasn't really paying attention to the song. I don't know. David Hasselhoff. Elizabeth, your youth gives and takes. (laughs) Krista, can you give us the musician? Yes, that was Pink Floyd, The Wall. There you go. like we're going to incite a riot with what's going on here. I actually felt some physical pain when you said David Hasselhoff. (laughs) All right, well done. After two games, it looks like Elizabeth is going to our final round. Coming up, Trace Atkins will be here. Uh, Later, maybe someone from his family will come up on stage, lie down on a giant sheet of paper so I can trace... Trace Adkins Kin. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Up first achieves the rare one two punches of being short and thorough, national and international, fact based and personable. Every morning, we take the three biggest stories of the day and explain why they matter. And we do it all in less than 15 minutes. So you can start your day a little more in the know than when you went to sleep. Listen now to the Up First podcast from NPR. Here and Now Anytime is a show that helps you make sense of the news. We're not about clickbait headlines or salacious sound bites. And in 20 to 30 minutes every afternoon, we'll make you an expert on your world. Ease into your evening with a steadier, calmer lens on the news. Listen to Here and Now Anytime from NPR and WBUR, wherever you get your podcasts. When Argentina won the World Cup, it meant so much to so many people. But there's one person in particular for whom it meant everything. Soccer legend Lionel Messi. In The Last Cup, a bilingual podcast series, I explore why. Listen now to The Last Cup Podcast from NPR and Futuro Studios. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our first guest is a country music superstar, and a member of the Grand Ole Opry, please welcome Trace Atkins. Hey. <laughs> Trace, when you were a kid, your dad taught you how to play guitar, is that right? No. He bought a guitar for me. Yeah. Um, well, Santa brought it uh, when I was 10. Yeah. And then my dad paid this guy to give me guitar lessons. My daddy couldn't play guitar. He didn't sing or anything. I, um, I never asked him why he did that either. Yeah. Um, all this is his fault. So. <laughs> but you did go to college to pursue music. 
and football. Mm. And what happened with the football? Yeah, well, I tore my knee up. After I tore my knee up the second time, it was over. You know, had a really cool orthopedic surgeon that told me that my career was over, you know, and that was <laughs> not something that a 19-year-old kid wanted to hear. Sure. He said, well, get away from the game while you can still walk, you know. So, yeah, I went to, I went to Louisiana Tech and studied petroleum engineering and was studying music on the side, too, and I enjoyed that. And then after college, you are working on the oil rigs. Yes. So around that time, you were playing, though, music mm. still. Yeah, it was just my hobby, you know, and I'm one of those blessed people that something that I love to do now, I get to make a living doing it, but it truly, I say this all the time, uh, this is nothing but a hobby that got horribly out of control, you know, that's just, that's all it is. But there was some intention behind it, because you moved to Nashville in your 20s, and you moved to pursue music. I moved to get away from my (laughs) ex-wife. I figured 500 miles would do the trick. Yeah. Not always. She finally found you. It's been a long time, babe. And a producer by the name of Scott Hendricks found you, and he said that he signed you because you have the voice of a bass that cuts like a tenor. That's what he said. What, what exactly does that mean? I don't know. He, he met me at the baggage claim at the airport. And <laughs> it's true. Really? Yeah, I was introduced to him at the baggage claim at the airport, and, um, and he was just my speaking voice. He was like, can you sing? And I was like, a little bit, you know. And I invited him to come out and hear me sing at a little club I was playing out. So, and I, I didn't expect him to come out, but he did. You know, he came out that weekend, and I did my, the first set, and I turned around and put my guitar down on the stand. I was going to take a break, and he walked up on the stage, and he said, I'll give you a record deal. And I was like, okay. Simple. Yeah. So I guess your voice has pretty much always been like this. If it was no, in that would have been weird, you know. <laughs> well, as an adult. <laughs> if you're talking to this guy in your 20s when you moved to Nashville and he comments on your voice, your voice is already has this Yeah, I started quality. singing bass in a gospel quartet when I was 17. Yeah. And what do you do to maintain it? Whiskey and cigarettes. <laughs> You don't do it. No, that's how I got it. Right. I maintain it with kale. Just put down the drink and get on stage. That's the warm up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, you were asked to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry in 2003. The Opry, of course, is a big deal in the country music world. It is the longest running radio broadcast in U.S. history dedicated to honoring country music and its history. You've performed there a lot in Mm. your career, uh, but your first appearance, Mm. that's a big deal. Did you rehearse like crazy? No. Um, (laughs) But I mean, I was terrified when I went out on stage, even though I knew what I was, I felt comfortable about doing the songs I was doing, but still, the first time you walk out on that stage, if you're you're human, you're petrified, you know? Um, and I was, certainly, yeah. And then when you return, uh, you know, now that when you go there, it's like a home, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Every Tuesday night, Friday night, Saturday night, it's a family reunion backstage, and that's the coolest part to me about the Opry is you've got these legends that have been doing this for decades, and, and then you've got the new people, and then, you know, journeymen like myself somewhere in the middle there, and it's just... Uh, it's a beautiful experience. I love it. Every time, I've never had a bad experience at the Opry ever. Wow. That's pretty amazing. At this point, you've released 12 studio albums, six compilation albums, 
but you also act. You've been in The Lincoln Lawyer, Deepwater Horizon, Hickok, to just name a few projects. And you're, you're hosting a reality competition TV show mm. called The Ultimate Cowboy Showdown. Mm. That's going to premiere this fall. So what is your experience with cowboys? I fought a bunch of them. <laughs> Uh-huh. Been, How recently? Been beat up by some of them, too. <laughs> okay. yeah. So what, what, what are you going to say qualifies as the ultimate uh, cowboy or cowgirl? You know, I went through them. You know, you sucked at that. And you, <laughs> you know, you were pretty good. You get to stay. You go home. And what are the challenges like? There was like? no rhyme or reason behind <laughs> any of that. <laughs> I told them, I... I said, look, the very first day, and I stood in front of the contestants and I said, look, this is about the competitions and, you know, uh, riding and roping and all these things that cowboys do. But if I don't like you, you're not going to stay long enough to <laughs> soften up a chew of tobacco. So, you know, be nice to me or you're going to go home. All right, Trace, are you ready to play and ask me another challenge? I guess. Yes, you are. Uh, let's bring out your teammate. She's country music royalty and one of the most prolific singer-songwriters working today. Please welcome Carlene Carter. Now, you two know each other, yes? We just met. Oh, wow. But I know who he is. Well, I've known who she is forever, <laughs> so. Trace Atkins, you've been on the show Pyramid, right? The game show Pyramid? Yes. How'd you do? It was horrible <laughs> because I put Donny Osmond in a headlock just saying hello, you know, and I didn't know that he had had neck surgery like, <laughs> like a week before. I almost killed an Osmond. Oh, my God. And the best one. The best one. The yeah. best one. <laughs> So uh, this game works kind of like that, (laughs) except for here there's nothing at stake. So you're going to work together. We gave Trace a list of some current Grand Old Opry members. Trace, your goal is to give clues to Carlene to help her guess as many of them as possible. You can use the clues we wrote or make some up of your own. Carlene, you can guess as many times as you want, and if you get it right, you will hear this sound. And if you do well enough, Allison Krieger from St. Paul, Minnesota, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Oh. Okay, ready, set? Yeah. Go. Friends in low places. Oh, Garth. Yeah, Garth Brooks. Oh, my goodness. Kelly Clarkson is her stepdaughter-in-law. Her, uh, version, her version of the song Fancy. Oh, Fancy. Reba? She only has one name, Reba. Reba. Yeah. Reba McIntyre. Um, he's a country artist now. Used to be lead singer Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, I know him, Darius Rucker. She was kidnapped in an episode of Dukes of Hazard. Blake Shelton. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our go-to. That's your go-to. Or if she's stumped, we just go to Blake. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Mills. Oh, Loretta. Loretta Lynn. They're all one name. Johnny Cash said that she was his favorite female vocalist. Bruce Springsteen called her a national treasure. Um, she won her first Grammy in 1977. Uh-oh. Her album, Elite Hotel. Oh, Emmy Lou Harris. Oh. Um. See, Johnny said that about a lot of girls. <laughs> you know, it happens. Carlene Carter wrote Easy From Now On for her. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. I didn't want to give you that one. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah, I would have might remembered that. <laughs> sure. She won American Idol. Carrie Underwood. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Uh, the Thunder Down Under, Keith Urban. <laughs> Ladies Love Country Boys. 
Ladies um, love country boys. Badonk donk. Would that be would that be you, darling? That's silly. Trace <laughs> <laughs> oh. Atkins, that's right. <laughs> we did good. Yeah. We're a good team. We are. An amazing team. You did it. Congratulations, Trace and Carlene. Uh, you won and asked me to the Ruby's Cube for our listener, Allison Krieger. Fabulous. Yeah. Yay. Carlene Carter will be back later in the show. Trace is on the road all summer with his Don't Stop Tour 2019 and co-headlining several dates with Clint Black. Thank you so much. Let's hear it for Trace Atkins, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next, we have a game about robot love songs. When robots break up, do they just say, connection failed? (laughs) And then the other one says, 404, feelings not found. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Peter Murray. You're an environmental attorney. Yes. And also, you are an expert at catching snakes. Yes, if you grow up in the country in Tennessee, you got to be one. Oh, yeah. So, uh, what's the secret? So, I was raised on the crocodile hunter, so if you wear khaki, you will go a long way. That's it? Wear khaki and avoid the head. Yes. Okay, very good. So, Peter, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jared Walker. You're an AV technician for the state of Tennessee, and you have a strange fixation on vans. The vehicles, not the shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Why are you so obsessed with vans? Um, I'm really not sure. I, I, I was never a fan of the standard car shape, like sedan. But um, <laughs> Never a fan? No, not really. Okay. It's, it's lame. But, um, yeah, just long roof, vans, wagons. But then I started getting into see a lot of Japanese stuff, and they have some amazing vans. They've had some great stuff. And it's my dream to get a sweet Japanese van. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, Jared, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Peter and Jared, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. This is a music parody game, so Jonathan Colton, take it away. Thank you, Afira. Robots, they can't love us, but we can love them. <laughs> it's true. We've rewritten famous love songs to make them about real and fictional robots, cyborgs, automatons, etc. Ring in and identify the bot. And if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can name the original song or the artist who made it famous. Here we go. My disc-shaped love Self-recharging I think you missed a spot Right here on my lips I used to feel so dirty Your vacuum gets me hot You clean spilled chips Jared Uh, the Bali Roomba it is the Roomba, that's right. And I believe that is Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. Yeah, you got it. All right, here we go. I've never seen you looking so brutal as you did tonight. The rancher's daughter now has mine. I've never seen so many men's lives being destroyed by a host. Death bringer is more than a boast. Now I am engrossed. Jared. I think the bot is Dolores from Westworld. Yeah, that's correct. Song or artist? Someone said Bill Withers earlier. It's wrong, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, Bill say Bill Withers. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Bill Withers. That's, <laughs> that's Lady in Red by Krista Berg. I'll make love to you in your body new. Your AI so choice With that James Spader voice I'll be in your thrall When Avengers call 
And I will not let go till you kill us all. Peter. Ultron. Ultron is the robot we were looking for. Bonus point if you can name the song or artist. I'm just going to keep the train going with Bill Withers. <laughs> Someday in the future that's going to be correct again, but it is not this time. That was I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. From the red planet you tended You sent lots of pictures They're splendid Five thousand souls now It's ended Power down and rest with me Your chassis is NASA property <laughs> Peter Rest in peace, opportunity Yeah, opportunity, that's correct I appreciate the shout out, that's very kind of you and For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Well, if I can't go with Bill Withers again, I'll just go with Trace Atkins <laughs> <laughs> No, that was John Mayer your body is a wonderland. Uh, okay, here we go. This is your last clue. I've watched you hunt for plants among debris. You used your laser cannon arm to shoot at Wally. Now even Nashville's gone from this dead glow. So hey. Is it me you want to probe? Jared. Uh, that's Eva from Wally. Yeah, that's right. As long as Lionel Richie's hello. Yeah, you got it. Great game. Jared is in the lead. If you've ever been accused of being an algorithm in an AOL chat room, you should be on our show. Go to amatickets.org to find out how to be a contestant. Coming up, we'll talk to country music queen Carlene Carter, and we'll play a game with her all about pinball machines. I'm going to find out if she knows her plungers from her flippers or her bumpers from her kickout holes. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Discover a social media empire on a mission to reconstruct America using guns and Facebook. Welcome to No Compromise, podcast winner of the 2021 Pulitzer Prize for Audio Reporting. Go behind the hot button issues in the national debate and listen to the No Compromise podcast from NPR. Instead of scrolling mindlessly, engage mindfully with the NPR app. With a mix of on-demand news, stories from this station, and your favorite podcast, you can relax without shutting off your brain. Download the NPR app today. Every afternoon, here and now, anytime, has a little news, a little something you weren't expecting, and always a fresh perspective on stories that make you think. All in about 30 minutes. Need a solution to the burnout, the bombast, the bloviating of other news? That's Here and Now, Anytime, a podcast from NPR and WBUR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before our break, we met our contestants, Peter and Jared. Let's go to your next game. The real reason we came back to Nashville is to give us an excuse to play another round of a guessing game we call You're the Only 10 I See. <laughs> it's simple. All you have to do is tell us whether the numerical value we're asking about is higher or lower than 10. Ring in to answer, but be careful. If you're wrong, your opponent will automatically get the point. Jared, stay in the lead, and you are in the final round. Peter, you need to get more points, or you have to answer... All of the emails that we're going to get about the fact that it is grammatically correct to say more than and fewer than, rather than more than and less than, and trust me, we are going to get more than 10 emails. <laughs> okay, here we go. As of this recording, the number of women serving in the U.S. Senate, higher or lower than 10? Jared. Higher. That is correct. For a bonus point, how many? I'm going to say 22. Very close. The answer is 25. 
I would have also accepted not enough. <laughs> As of this recording, the number of movies that grossed more than $2 billion worldwide, not adjusted for inflation, higher or lower than 10. Peter. Less. That's right. There are fewer <laughs> movies that grossed more than $2 billion worldwide. I'm sending the emails early. I know. <laughs> good, I appreciate good. it. And for a bonus point, how many movies were there? Four. Ooh, very close. It was five. They are Avatar, Avengers Endgame, Titanic, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Avengers Infinity War. Wow. Space, comic books, fantasy, sinking ship from history. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves it. According to the nutritional information provided by McDonald's, the number of chicken McNuggets you'd have to eat to consume 2,000 calories. Higher or lower than 10? Peter. Lower. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. I know! The answer is higher than 10. That means Jared gets the point. Jared, for a bonus point, how many McNuggets would you have to eat to get to 2,000 calories? Uh, 16. Good guess. The answer is 45. Wow. You have to consider, yeah, they're 45 calories a piece. So, um, it's a, a low cal food. It's a low cal food. And Go by, ahead and eat 45 chicken nuggets. <laughs> I mean, you're done for the day, but. I just burned 45 calories thinking about it. Yeah. All right, this is your last clue King Tut's age when he became Pharaoh. Jared. Uh, Maybe lower. That is correct. For a bonus point, how old was he? I think he was eight. So close, he was nine. I know, at nine you learn how to balance a country's budget. (laughs) Okay, that was very close. Jared is going to our final round. While Elizabeth and Jared get ready for the final round, it's time to welcome our next special guest. You know her from her hits, I Fell in Love, Every Little Thing, and she has a new album with John Mellencamp called Sad Clowns and Hillbillies. Please welcome back Carlene Carter. Hi, Carlene. Hi. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm having a great time. Okay, just to refresh for everyone, your father was country music Hall of Famer Carl Smith. Yes. And your mother was June Carter Cash. And you and your mother both grew up performing uh, as part of the family. Yes. Do you remember the first time you thought, hey, I want to do this? I think the first time I ever was on stage, I was three years old. I walked out on stage in the middle of a performance, and Mom was, Mama saw me coming, and I said, I want to talk on that. The microphone. Pointing at the microphone, and that was it. And I remember thinking all I ever wanted to do was grow up and be a Carter girl. And your stepfather, Johnny Cash, bought you your first guitar from Sears. Yes. An, an electric guitar. It was in a were... silver tone um, electric guitar, and it actually plugged into an amp. It was cute, but I really wanted to be a rock and roller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be a rock and roller. I wanted to study classical piano, and I wanted to play boogie-woogie on the piano. So I had all these things that I wanted to do before I was 12 years old. I had great um, inspiration. No kidding. I really did. So, you, you know, you've mentioned that your grandmother said to you, even when you were a child... That when we're all gone, it's your responsibility to keep the music alive. Yeah, that was instilled in me from as far back as I can remember them ever talking about it. It was like, you know now, when we're all gone, that you have to keep this music alive and you have to carry it on. And the thing was, it wasn't just that I needed to remember all the old songs. I needed to add to it as well. Right. You know, much like my aunts and my mom did, too, and grandma did after the original Carter family. They added on. And so our generation, the third generation, we started adding on. And did it ever weigh, like, the weight of it? I never looked at it like that. I looked at it it was like it was a gift, Mm. and I got to share it. So I do the best that I can, and I don't expect that I'm just going to, like, shake the whole wide world up and everyone's going to... It's going to be on everyone's lips. You're all going to be seen, and will the circle be unbroken all day long? So <laughs> right. it's not going to happen. But it, it's like we carried on in our own way, and in my music myself that I've written, I consider it's Carter music. Yeah. And that's it, and that's the way it goes, and 
I'm happy. Yeah, and early in your career, you moved to England, and you were writing songs for Squeeze, The Go-Go's, Emmylou Harris, and you are doing your own stuff, and you're opening up for bands like The Clash. Yeah. I played a festival with The Clash, Bow Wow Wow, (laughs) and UB40, and the only thing that probably got me away with it is I had on rubber pants and... uh, (laughs) And beetle boots, and I looked the part, and I went out there, and I sang, If I was on some foggy mountain top. Yeah? What are you going to do? <laughs> so they kind of dubbed me cowpunk, and I, you know. That's one of my favorite descriptions. I think maybe the see-through plastic miniskirt got me that, yeah. <laughs> it's dude now, don't worry. <laughs> So this 2014 album, Carter Girls, this is a collection of songs that were written or co-written by a member of the Carter family. It's 12 songs. Yeah. But it was hard. Yeah, it how was many hard. songs? Like over 800? How many are you yeah, going there's, through? Yeah, there's definitely at least 750, if not more. And I wanted them all to be songs that I wish I had written. Hmm. I wanted them to make, make them mine. So I wasn't just singing a lot of Carter Family songs as a vocalist. I actually was singing songs that I understood and that I felt a part of. And I've got to say that in all my life and all the things that I've ever done, when I don't know what to do, I go back to my roots and back to the Carter Family. And it always has served me so well. It's like coming home. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that album was an album I knew I would always make. And I waited a good amount of time till after my mom had passed away to do it because they were so incredible. But um, I just remember, you know, gosh, I'm starting to get a little emotional. <laughs> but sometimes I do. I get, I get really uh, attached to the idea of, you know, that I am carrying this song. Yeah. And I feel them around me. There's nothing like singing with family, and being able to sing those songs is like singing with them. I love it. Have you told your daughter that it's her responsibility to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And my granddaughters, too. They're they're scared, because Grandma's like, here, I got all my stage clothes saved for you. All right, Carlene, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Okay, I'm ready. Carlene Carter, one of the amazing things we found about you when we were doing research uh, that stood out was that your voice and music is in a pinball machine. Yes. It's called Roadshow's Red. You play the character Red, who is described as a brassy country girl with a heart of gold. Yes. And a freewheeling way with a bulldozer. Yep, and I had a hard hat on. <laughs> you have a hard hat on. <laughs> Was it weird to do a voice for a pinball machine? I tell you what, that was one of the easiest recording sessions I've ever done. They gave me a list of states, and I got to say, Alaska! <laughs> I got to say, Tennessee! Music City, USA! I mean, it's like all this list of things, and then I got to say, oh, you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so we love pinball and so we wrote a quiz for you called pinball music it's simple i'm just going to describe the features of a real pinball machine Uh, you just tell me the musician or band it is themed after okay okay here we go this machine features a miniature version of its star complete with shaking hips shoot your ball at the cute little hound dog or fire it up the left ramp elvis presley (laughs) that's right (laughs) i didn't even have to say the rest of the clue okay This pinball machine was released in 1979 when its featured star was crossing over from country to pop. According to the marketing materials during the game, the song, Here You Come Again, plays, quote, for extra entertainment pleasure. Dolly Parton. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) On this machine, you can shoot your pinball up Gene Simmons' outstretched tongue and into his mouth. Ooh, a kiss. Yeah. French kiss, I'm guessing. (laughs) (laughs) The makers of this 1967 pinball machine originally avoided licensing fees by theming it around a fictional mop-top band called the Boodles. (laughs) (laughs) The Beatles, the Boodles. Okay. (laughs) The Beatles? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Carlene, you did great. Thank you. Yeah, you did amazing. I love y'all. 
Carlene is performing at the Nashville Palace on June 7th for the annual event, Next Generations, Sons and Daughters of Country Legends, and July 8th at the grand opening of Johnny Cash's Kitchen and Saloon right yeah. here in Nashville. Carlene Carter, everybody. Love you guys. Oh, it's your heart out. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalists, Elizabeth Harrell, who is auditing a tap dance class for teenagers. And Jared Walker, who dreams of getting a sweet Japanese van. Elizabeth and Jared, your final round is called Grand Ole Finale. <laughs> Every correct answer will end with the letters O-L-E. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me of the Rubik's Cube signed by Trace Atkins and Carlene Carter. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Elizabeth is going first. Here we go. Elizabeth, this is the larval stage of a frog's life cycle. Tadpole. That is correct. Jared, in criminal justice, it's the conditional early release of a prisoner. It'd be parole. That is correct. Elizabeth, this jazz pianist was the first African-American to host a televised variety show. Nat King Cole. That is correct. Jared, this actor played the titular role in Lawrence of Arabia. Three seconds. <laughs> We're looking for Peter O'Toole. Jonathan, what's the score? The score is two to one. Elizabeth is in the lead. Elizabeth, according to the Social Security Administration, this girl's name peaked in popularity in 1982. Nicole? <laughs> that is correct. It was the sixth most popular. Now it is 218th. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> Jared, it's a federally recognized Native American tribe in Oklahoma and Florida. Uh, 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 Seminoles? That is correct. Elizabeth, founded in Hawaii, this agricultural corporation is known for its pineapples, fruit cups, and bananas. Dole. That is correct. Jared, this three-letter word associated with bullfighting is sung repeatedly by fans at soccer matches and other sporting events around the world. I try to stutter, but ole. <laughs> there you go. That is correct. Elizabeth, every October 23rd at 6.02 a.m., chemistry students celebrate this animal mascot and Avogadro's number. Oh, goodness. Uh, chemistry is not my strongest suit. Uh, I do not know. The answer we were looking for is mole. Jared, a number of avocados are mashed up to make this Mexican dish, which costs extra at Chipotle. <laughs> uh, that, that'd be guacamole. <laughs> that is correct. Elizabeth, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch are all examples of this home electronic device used to play video games. Console? Yes, that is correct. Jared, this garment is worn around the neck by clergy members or some college graduates. Three seconds. The only clothes I can think of is a camisole. That's not it. But camisole. You, you, you really graduation, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're graduating from, but... Uh... <laughs> the answer we were looking for is stole. Okay, Jonathan, we've only have a few questions left. How are contestants doing? Well, Elizabeth still has that one-point lead. It is now five to four. Elizabeth, Bon Appetit says this leafy vegetable is the best green to use in Italian wedding soup. Okay, leafy vegetable, and it ends in O-L-E, and I'm drawing a blank. The answer is escarole. Oh, nope. Would not have come up with that. <laughs> okay, good to know. Jared, Merriam-Webster defines this word as, quote, extravagant exaggeration. Um, hyperbole? That is correct. All right, we're on one last question for each of you. Jonathan, what's the situation? The score is now tied, Ophira. It's getting serious in here. Oh, my goodness. Elizabeth. In 2019, scientists compiled the first image of this space phenomenon. Black hole. That is correct. Jared, you have to answer this question correctly to tie it up and force a tiebreaker. 
Jared, Baltimore's Major League Baseball team is named for this bird species. Uh, that'd be the Oriole. That is correct. All right. Yep, grab those buzzers. Here is your tiebreaker. Marine mammals, such as dolphins and whales, use this opening to breathe. Elizabeth. Blowhole? That is correct. What a close game. Well done, Jared. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Elizabeth. And that's our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Carol Lee, Kara Weinberger, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Ashley Brooke Roberts and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seichow, Rumel Wood, and our intern Hannah Meyer-Katkin, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore. Thanks to Nashville Public Radio WPLN 90.3, TPAX Polk Theater, the Grand Old Opry, Great Polyhedron, and our production partner WNYC. I'm Harripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Ask Me Another is hitting the road, and on June 20th, we're bringing our word games and trivia to Seattle for a live taping at the Moore Theater. But we can't do it without you. Think you got what it takes to be one of our contestants? Visit amatickets.org, drop us your email, and we will send you the contestant quiz. Rather watch the night unfold from the crowd? No problem. Go to amatickets.org for tickets. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Emmy Award-winning actor Michael C. Hall tells us how he got into character for his role as a serial killer on the television series Dexter. Certainly in the case of Dexter, and, and with any character, an imaginative leap is ultimately required. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. NPR brings you the updates you need on the day's biggest headlines. The Senate narrowly passed the debt ceiling bill that will prevent the country from defaulting on its loans. Stories from across the world. Knowing how to forage and to live with the land is integral to Amis culture. And down your block. From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. And you can find all of that and more in your pocket. Download the NPR app today. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant, and we have new topics, new voices, and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR.